Hello everybody and welcome to the Dragon Project podcast, a series of conversations about courage. In each episode we hear a tale of a dragon in my guest's life and how they dealt with it. This will serve as a launching off point for a discussion about fear, courage and the heroism of everyday life. And this week I introduce my good friend Ollie to the podcast, a Christian and second year student of politics and social policy at the University of Birmingham. Welcome, Ollie. Hi, Jack. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Um, and firstly, Ollie, um, could you recount for our listeners a tale of a time in your own life where you had to face a dragon of some sort? Sure. So, yeah, it was about five or six weeks ago. I thought I'd do something recent. At least I can remember it. Um, And it all began when I met a lovely elderly couple at a church that I go to or just started going to. They're called Roger and Ruth. And I got into a discussion with Ruth. And she was just telling me about how she goes into city centre of Birmingham and tells people about about Jesus. She speaks to them, has conversations um, about the meaning of life why we're here you know important questions and I was really challenged by it and I said to her I'll I'll go and do that at some point as well and then the next day I had a a free afternoon and I thought I could go and do that and then I decided to do it and then it kind of dawned on me that yeah it's actually not not an easy thing to do I'm quite a I feel like I'm a relatively confident person um I'm comfortable with meeting new people, but speaking to someone that you've never spoken to before and you're not kind of affiliated with it, you have no prior connection to, is quite different and not something I've ever done in that context. But I decided to do it. I, I, um, I rang Ruth just before I went and said, oh, you know, can you pray for me? And then got on the train and I was like, yeah, I was quite nervous. I, was, I wasn't shaking or anything, but like, yeah, I was relatively nervous. And I had three conversations that lasted for around three hours cumulatively. And yeah, they're incredible. I didn't actually do that much speaking. I just, I spoke to the three guys and they just told me their life story. They told me what they think about why we're here, um, sort of current issues, all kinds of things. And then, and then I came home and was like, wow, you know, I just, I just felt very, I don't know, I felt a sense of sort of peace and was like, wow, that wasn't actually that hard. Like I thought it was going to be awful. I thought like, you know, I was already going to regret doing this. And afterwards I was like, that was a really beautiful experience. It's quite different speaking to someone at that kind of level, that kind of depth. Um, And to someone especially who you're never going to see again. And you've shared that moment together. And it's not like you've asked a stranger, you know, where's the nearest Tesco's or where's the nearest post office? You've asked them, you know, why, why do you actually think we're here? What do you think happens after we die? You know, things that are really personal. And yeah, I would definitely recommend doing it again. I haven't actually done it since. I've been quite busy. Um, but yeah, it was just a, a kind of quite a big turning point in my mind. And then a few weeks later, speaking to you about the Dragon Project, I was like, oh, I've, I've done this as well. Um, 
so yeah, I thought that was a nice story to share just because it's a kind of a synthesis of speaking to strangers, but also Christianity, which is a part of what we want to speak about today. Mm, yes, thank you. That's a really great story. Um, and well done. That 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 takes that takes courage. And that's um what what was the specific fear that you had? Was it more kind of rejection or kind of abuse, hate? What what was the specific fear at the time? I think yeah, probably a mixture. Um I think rejection is something that we do fear naturally because we want to be included, we want to to be recognized, to be encouraged. Um, we don't want to be brought down. I was kind of worried that it would leave me quite, well, you know, just feeling dejected. Um, there's also the fear that someone might be not only kind of verbally abusive, but physically. Um, and also just because you're, you're going against the status quo. Like we live in a, in a time and in a world, well, where we live in the UK, that's very individualistic um people don't people don't really speak to strangers it's not really the done thing um we're quite a closed off nation in many ways and, and that has its benefits but it also has its drawbacks um and so i think whenever you're kind of going against the tide you're yeah you're kind of putting your neck on the line a little bit obviously to varying degrees speaking to strangers isn't the most outrageous thing to do um but it's it's something and um not many people not many people do it mm. yes and um in your story you mentioned um prayer and i'm interested by um how you perceive prayer would you would you say that prayer is a really powerful means of encouragement? Yeah, definitely. Um, so coming back to what we were saying before, to do with to do with courage and how there's there's consequences to that. I think prayer is a a way of mediating that, in that you know that there will still be consequences that you can stand on God's promises that he will he will help you and he'll be there for you um and that's definitely a great source of consolation um also praying for each other so praying for a friend or a family member is quite a it's quite an intimate thing um but it's it's recognizing that we as individuals as human beings can't necessarily change circumstances um but that god can and that sometimes god doesn't do that in the ways that we expect often it's in that he he changes our hearts he changes our desires um and he gives us the strength to to push through um because often you're kind of looking for a great shift like outside of what you can control or you're trying to at least influence it um rather than looking on the inside and saying well what can i do um but you can't necessarily change your desires because at the end of the day you'll do what you most desire and um, but if god can change those desires um 
yeah, then you can perhaps transcend um, feelings of fear or anxiety, um, which which are a key component of that kind of juxtaposition between courage and fear. Easter is a good example, I think, of the um, what's regarded as the death of God. Um, because I think it, for many people, um, Easter is a is a is a time of just chocolate and um, Easter bunny and some time of work, whole cross buns. The, these are the associations, um, and it's not it's not anymore. We don't have the um, period of fasting before, and we don't have the um, the true kind of the meaning of it um of christ's death and resurrection is is seems to um it's just not as prominent anymore and um what 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 does easter mean to you ollie well yeah effectively what you've just said um you know still get chocolate eggs and money um but the the crux of it is is that jesus died and that he rose on the third day. Um, and that's that's just a, it's a snapshot, if you like, of something so much broader than that. And I think people, well, I think the majority of people would know what Easter is. Maybe they wouldn't, I don't know, I haven't done a survey or anything. Um, but Jesus's death is, is crucial to, to Christianity everything hinges on that because it's the idea that that we are flawed and that we're sinful um and that God as a righteous judge um has to judge sin in the same way that if um if I if I kill someone um then there has to be a punishment for that and that that is just that is righteous um but in Jesus's death he takes the punishment for us and so if we accept him um into our lives then we no longer have to take the punishment um and he takes it for us and from that point onwards he he changes us and kind of referring to what I was saying before to do with changing our desires and so each day um seeking to become more more Christ-like more like him um, which is is quite countercultural in many ways, and especially actually in relation to courage and kind of um, and greatness and being a hero. Um, and J- Jesus actually speaks about that a little bit in the Bible um, to do with greatness. The disciples, his disciples, are arguing about greatness, and he says, he says. Um, that if you want to be great, you must not like be, be like the kings of the Gentiles who lord it over them. Um, but sort of whoever desires to be great must become a servant. Um, so, so that's very countercultural. Even if you can look at when he comes into Jerusalem um, with all the, the palm trees, palm leaves, he, he rides in on a donkey and that's very symbolic. So historically entering a city on a donkey is a sign of peace rather than a king who arrives on a 
on a stallion, which is an active war. Um, so everything about Jesus is, yeah, it, it challenges the status quo, which is something that I mentioned before in relation to courage, where you're, you're deviating from the norm. Um, at least that's a part of it. And yeah, so Easter means a lot. And to me, Easter is kind of, as I said, the the pinnacle, the um, the climax of the of the Christian story. Um, so yeah, it's something that's good to remember. Um, yeah. I think that the things that are meaningful are often the most divisive. The things that lack meaning um, are bland and they don't they don't really say anything, they don't challenge anything. Um, and so yeah, I don't think that suffering or pain is something that should always be avoided. And Jesus even says that um, in, the, in, in spreading the good news um, that they will kill you, they, that you'll be hated by all nations because of my name. I think he's speaking to disciples there, um, but probably also just Christians at large. And I think everyone should have something that they believe in, um, something that they would, in fact, even die for. Because, because then that means that, that you're actually living. Because, I mean, in a free society, anyone should be able to, to have whatever goal they want. But I think just merely surviving um, is something that, yeah, that perhaps too many people do and you get to the end of your life and maybe you've lived a long life that you want to be able to look back and think you took all the opportunities that you could um to to stand up for what you believe is true um yeah and i think that is probably getting harder to do we were kind of speaking about this the other day in that that currently it's quite hard to express views that that are counter to the kind of prevailing narrative or the establishment or however you want to phrase it. And yeah, I guess sort of council culture sums that up or epitomizes that quite well. Um, but that that it's still worth it, even if you do get cancelled. Um, and that's not that's not just anything. I think mean, don't just say anything, but in the context of you do believe that it's that it's true, that it's that it is for the greater good. I know how much the the whole concept of the greater good can be weaponized and misused and abused. Um, but if you fail to do that, I think you regret it more. That's at least what I've found. I think I regret the things that I don't do more than the things that I do. Um, looking back, 
yeah people always say i i um ripped my shoulder out um on a camp doing something relatively dangerous and people ask me afterwards you know do you really regret that and i said no you know why not you're in a sling for like half a year or whatever because it's better just to do things that make you feel alive and sometimes those are the things that are dangerous um and and there'll be another 99 times when there aren't any consequences you know when you when you do something stupid or something dangerous um i'm speaking in relation to like riding down a hill really fast or something like that not not something illegal um but yeah i think that in in the current age of kind of health and safety um perhaps we we don't balance that quite right i'm not saying go complete to the other extreme um but there's sometimes pain and suffering and mistakes aren't always a bad thing um and shouldn't be seen as such mm, yes i think um well it's the 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 old story of facing the dragon is you have to you have to take the risk to get the treasure to get the reward mm-hmm. afterwards and if you don't take the risk then you never get the treasure and i think um i think definitely um there is a i think in my consciousness i know that there was a um a kind of bogeyman figure um in our society that i think can be kind of epitomized by the madeline mccann case that there's this um monstrous kidnapper who is this this monstrous child kidnapper who's kind of on the loose in our psyche and i think as a result has necessity has meant that uh, there's been a massive overemphasis on protection, on security, on safety. Um, when actually, does this does this monstrous kidnapper exist in any more number than 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 they did fifty years ago when kids were allowed to roam free and play with each other? I I don't believe so. I think it's just our the media and our awareness of this figure in our psyche has grown to the point that. We're so afraid now that we uh, take all these measures to to escape that. I think we live in a society where there's real denial of death. Um, and mm. I think um, our attitude to, say, something like Easter Sunday is uh, um, potentially a reflection of this, that... Um, that the the pain and the suffering that Christ went through in his in his in his death, um, that um, that 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 I think that pain and suffering is a real um, at least it's the it's the first noble truth in Buddhism that life is is suffering, um, and um, or that at least there is suffering, um, and I think in our in our denial of death um we we seek and denial of pain and suffering uh, we attempt to we attempt to make life as comfortable as possible um but in the process i think we lose we've lost we've lost the meaning we've lost the soul that comes with with the with the danger comes with the risk comes with the 
fragility and mortality of life. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think one of the reasons for kind of a lack of meaning is a lack of community um, and that in an act of courage, previously people would have been upheld as heroes, kind of exonerated, um, whereas now that's not so much the case. Like if you look at, let's say, ancient Greece or ancient Rome, um, yes, you have to go out and face the dragon, but you're also supported by thousands of other people who feel exactly the same way as you and are defending the same country, the same values. Um, you know, if we use, let's say, um, Greek and, uh, Greece and Persia as an example, Greece kind of formed their national identity um, through their opposition to Persia. So you have these warring states, but then Persian expansionism forces them to come together. And it's at that point where they have to ask themselves, well, what are we? How do we identify? Um, and so they kind of exaggerate these, these abstract differences between the Persians and the Greeks. Um, but my point being that today, if you deviate away and you stand up for something, you probably won't be treated as a hero because, because it's not like you belong to a nation anymore in the same way. The, the, the division isn't between nations. You know, if a nation goes to a war with another nation, you've got everyone else who lives in your country on your side. Whereas now we don't really have that because it's so fragmented. The, the division is an internal. It's not external. And so because it's internal, you stand up and you said, and this is right. Um, everyone else in, in the kind of, in the other group um, condemns you. So there's not, there's not really anyone holding you up and saying, well done for making the sacrifice. And I think that's one of the reasons why courage is difficult is because it's not, it's not actively or publicly praised. Rather, it's the opposite. Um, and, and feeling isolated um, whilst trying to carry on standing up for what you believe in suffering is a lot harder, like a lot, lot harder than having a, having a whole army, figuratively speaking, or physically behind you. Thank you, Ollie. And I'd like to end with a quote by an incredibly polarising figure. Beloved and despised, almost in equal measure, they're undoubtedly a great teacher and have conveyed tremendous wisdom to many, including to myself. Of course, they're also flawed, imperfect, human. They've been crucified publicly and privately. But at the core of their teaching, I find that incredible mystical Christian message that each one of us might just be Jesus in disguise. So there's treasure there, after all. I'm talking about Jordan Peterson. Is the quote. We all know this, that it's better to live courageously than cowardly. 
and we know that it's better to live truthfully than in deceit. And you can tell that too because that's also what you tell people that you love. And we know that you should pick up your damn responsibility and move forward. Everyone knows that. It's part of our intrinsic moral nature. Just in relation to that quote, actually, that truly loving someone is telling them the truth. It's not affirming what they believe. Sometimes, often, it will be affirming what they believe because you believe it to be true. But if it's not, that you should never tell someone a lie uh, for the sake of peace, um, because that is not love. Thank you. And thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. And thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you next week and we hope you have a meaningful Easter. Goodbye.